Welcome, everybody. Good Life Housing Partners, episode 21. I'm here with, well, actually, I'm not here, but uh, David Fong uh, and Rohan Gupta here recording our first episode of 2021. Happy New and Year. I think, uh, thank you. Yes, Happy New Year to everyone. Yes, I think it's been a uh, uh, one of the more uh, eventful starts to a year that I can imagine. And I would think uh, nothing less unless it was this way coming off of a very event-filled and mostly um, I'd say mostly not so great 2020. So 2021 with insurrection and with more COVID cases and vaccines not being delivered fast enough and stimulus being, you know, some stimulus, but not as much as everyone wanted and new presidents becoming and an old president kind of trying to figure out his last grasp at anything. Um, so it's been, a, you know, it's been really a, a bizarre first 12, 15 days, 12, 13 days of, of, um, of a new decade, a new year, but uh, here we are. David Fong, what do you see? I agree with you completely. It's uh, bizarre is a good word for it, unprecedented, uh, which I thought last year was unprecedented when we had basically uh, almost nine months of, of, when you look back, I, I thought about it on the New Year's Eve about 2020 and how pretty much other than the first two and a half months, everything was really covid dominated it, how the impact it had on all our lives personally and professionally um, and, and, and on this country. And now, you know, at the end of the year, when I thought, you know, things were settling down a little bit and Trump kind of uh, drew a little monkey wrench in, in everything with the, with the CARES Act too, uh, by refusing to sign and wanting more stimulus money, but then eventually did sign. You know, I thought I had seen it all and would never expect it. And uh, again, more unprecedented things, you know, I would never expect there'd be a riot at the Capitol and the, or insurrection, as you, as you described it accurately. And so it's, it's been a sort of tumultuous start. Um, on the other hand, you know, conditions have been improving for, for the economy and everything. And, and, you know, vaccine vaccinations have started. I think we're over 6 million vaccinations now. That have been done in the United States, uh, still be, still a le lot less than the 20 million, but it seems like uh, you know things are getting better, or, or they, they eventually will. Uh, there's now talk I see on the Biden administration about you know instead of waiting for like the Pfizer you, using the second dose, uh, basically freeing up those shipments to just get people vaccinated, just really get this moving so we can develop this herd immunity to uh, return to normal life and a normal normal economy. What about yourself? How's your new year started? Well, um, you know, I, I think I think you're right. Like there, there is a a seeming optimism that's 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 very slow growing about vaccines and more stimulus economy, and that this year just has to be better than last year. And but I think that like we've become such a you know, so focused on really like negative headlines. And I think that's the case for a very long time, but maybe more now so than ever that, you know, my, my year kind of started in a funny way that like, I actually, you know, after all the travel and different trips to all, you know, everywhere, I ended up getting, you know, COVID right about New Year's Eve. And, um, you know, not only did I get it, but uh, you know, most of my household got it and our neighbors got it. And, a number of other people got it, like all with their, they were sort of in our cohort. And uh, it really wasn't from all the things that we'd been doing, like taking trips to, you know, go to see family in the Midwest and going to Texas for business and going to Nevada for business and going, we'd made a few trips to Mexico and all these things that like, 
were really considered to be high risk sort of events and or trips or travel. Really, none of those were really, I don't think really anything happened on any of those. But when, when we were at home in a smaller group and, you know, we had one person we think that ended up kind of bringing it unknowingly and, and doing nothing out of the ordinary. They weren't at like some, you know, underground rave. It was just kind of a freak occurrence. And then suddenly, you know, you've got 10 plus people that all have it and another 10 plus people that may or may not happen and who knows if they're actually even getting tested so um it was it was really unique start to the year amongst everything else and that and for the most part my, the COVID I had and, and largely my family had was was pretty mild and really wasn't a whole you know aside from maybe a day or so it was fairly kind of just not I mean it wasn't a walk in the park but it wasn't like much further from it either so, and I was sort of waiting for like this like bigger moment of of when the virus was going to take hold and really like, you know, I was going to hear and become one of those horror stories you hear about, but it, really none of that ever actually ended up happening. Well, it's kind of weird. Well, well, I'm glad nothing, uh, the other shoe didn't drop and nothing bad happened, obviously. For you, yeah, I mean, it's still, your, listen, there's still family. time. There's still time. It could happen. Don't worry. And, I'm not the worst. But, but I expect to test negative here in the next few days, and I expect to be in Dallas next week. So I don't know. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, from what we talked about when you first told us about this, um, it, it, the impact, like you said, on, on an event like this, how sort of the ripple effects it has to others. I mean, just on our side alone, as a company, when you told us, uh, fortunately, you hadn't come into the office before then and so but notwithstanding that you know everyone in the office went and got tested and we you know did did special cleaning and everything and implemented our sort of uh, covid protocols so to speak and so uh we which was and then and, and, you know and i went traveling last week i actually drove to las vegas to deal with some matters at our las vegas asset and fortunately uh you know i took a test too and and, and came negative but you know on the off chance that if you know if i had you know, gotten infected, uh, you know, and, and didn't, wasn't aware of it. And if you had never tested and wasn't aware of it, uh, you, you know, I probably would have spread it to, to a bunch of people in Las Vegas, not just at our property, but, um, you know, and I'll confess, I snuck off one night to go play poker and, uh, <laughs> you know, I would have infected some people in the, in the poker room too. And so, and so there's, there's, it's interesting well, yeah, we, now we have a personal anecdote about it, too, other than the anecdotes of, like you said, we were traveling and, and a couple of people, we were at some dinners, and a couple of people at some of the dinners we had tested positive, and we, we, we sort of escaped that one, and, and uh, we, we didn't catch it then, and it's interesting how, as you mentioned, you, your home and, and the safety of your home here, and, and granted, LA is sort of a, a big epicenter now of COVID cases, but, you know, you wound up getting it in the safety and, you know, protection of your home, where it was just really your immediate family. And so uh, you just never know with these things. It's definitely unusual times and unprecedented times. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that, you know, I don't know if I was like, I think the case was so mild that I can't really even say like, oh, if I'd gotten this on travel, like would everything have been like harder? I, I don't think so. I think it would have been largely the same. I would just been more susceptible to spreading it probably. But I didn't feel like, I mean, I just got a mild case of it or my reaction was so mild to it. So it's it's interesting. But, you know, I think one of the things I realized was like, I can't think of anything 
like outside of like a car accident or something where people are so concerned about your well-being because the overall notion is that you know there's much more horror stories than like generally good stories about this fire and so like people just i think there's a natural tendency to fear the worst <clears throat> so i don't know like the last time i felt like people were so concerned about my health and welfare but that's the way yeah. it was well i think that goes also back to the granted there's obviously a lot of deaths from COVID and it's this this pandemic has taken over our lives for the past nine months um, I think part of it yeah. also goes back to the original notion of how we didn't really know so much about this uh, disease I think it's and we still yeah. don't that's that's the reality too right true true and we're, we're just barely now um I, I mean, at least in the U.S., obviously, protective measures never worked like it did in Asia. And really, we're getting out of this this uh, COVID pandemic really through vaccines, through, through conquering it. But, yeah. but the creation of vaccines in record time. But now now we just have to deal with um, the, the uh, delivery and distribution of the vaccines, which which is a little muddled, too. Uh, not, not as quick a beginning as we hope, but according to Fauci, uh, he expects it to improve a lot in the next few months. In weeks yeah and I, I think you're seeing you know examples of that in different states or just what you're seeing kind of plans being made to roll it out and I, I think you'll see it speed up i don't know at what point though like it, what, where do you start to see a real improvement in first of all cases going down is that it you know right now i think california is two three percent vaccinated so at 10% do you see it? 20, 30, 50? Is it like seven, is it like 70, 80%? Like, so do you need to go 20, 30 times where we are today to see actual improvement or does it happen at a lower number? Yeah, I guess the, and there's no definitive answer, right? Because it's, it's the science is still yeah. too unknown. It's, it's all new. new. <laughs> it's all new. Yeah, it's all new. So and it'll be interesting because like, I mean, we, we alluded to this at the end of the year is like, as these states continue to be shut down and the, the work from home economy continues to, to con perform and productivity seems to continue going. There's another side of the economy that's really just more or less been started and stopped now in a various number of times in this state in particular. And you'll start, I think you're, you're going to start to feel and see real effects of that. You know, and I don't know what those exactly are yet. I think for our businesses, it, it, you know, we focus on rent and rent collection and building performance. So, those will be issues as, as we as we move into further into the year and as those lockdown effects really start taking shape. I know I know, you know, we don't own much retail, but the little that we have, those businesses that have been shut for, you know, now going into the ninety day mark, nail salons, things of that nature. I don't know when they're coming back. Again, and I think the start and stop effect of a lot of these things is is not only is it challenging to businesses it also is just extremely, you know, it really kind of, it's really deflating. And I don't know, I don't know if, if, uh, if Newsom or Garcetti or any of these folks realizes that, you know, this, that start and stop effect and how, how, how much of a catastrophic, chaotic effect it has on these businesses. Yeah, I, I, I remember just in my hometown of Manhattan Beach, you know, when recently because of the surge and coronavirus cases that you know they you know the restaurants were not allowed to, uh, to have any outdoor dining anymore and and i noticed yeah. and they spent a lot of yeah, money doing they it spent a lot of money doing it and then i noticed that there was some uh at least in manhattan beach there were some little tricks that they came up with where they 
they had the outdoor dining, but they claimed that those were in public right of ways, and maybe the city was Manhattan Beach was complicit in in the you know designating those areas. But now with this recent surge, they've now uh, sort of turned back and said no. You know, they've they've, they've taken away that status. And so, the, again, it's sort of the stop and start, as you said, you know, you can have some dining, now you can't have some dining. And it's, it's uh, you know, that sort of stop and start and stop. And, and as you said, businesses spend a lot of money, you know, trying to convert to a new mode of retail and restaurant survival is now, yeah. you know, now in jeopardy. Now, on the, on the other hand, there's a little bit of help coming with the CARES Act now it's passed. And, and as we get more details about it, and there's a lot of money set aside for, for restaurant businesses and, and even in the PPL loans, um, I think there's an extra bonus, you know, of, of how much more payroll benefits you get if it's for a restaurant related business, which will definitely help. And it's definitely something sorely needed because these businesses have really been battered over the last nine months. But I don't know if it's enough. I mean, at least when I talk privately to restauranteurs, a lot of them say it's, it's, it's not enough. And so that, you know, these effects will be will be much more long term while CARES Act 2 is helpful to get a little bit of stimulus money. And then on our business that on the rent is rental assistance programs, which will help help us as landlords recover some delinquent rents from tenants that lost jobs and, and, and were otherwise adversely impacted by COVID. But it's not enough to really cure everything. And, you know, there will be no sort of snap of the finger or light switch and we're back to pre pandemic uh, normality. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a slow, meandering kind of path back to like something. And I think it's going to be well into the summer before you start to see, at least in this state. I think in other states that have decided, you know, I think in a lot of ways, like just making actual decisions that are economically positive that California is, is honestly just really struggled with. In other states, they've decided, like Miami just said, Florida just said, we're going to do it this way. And, you know, I can, you know, I think that state, you know, has put out vaccines. It's, it's now moving. It's, it's, you know, seeing record home prices because people are moving there. Um, and you're seeing a lot of positive effects to it. But in other places, you know, it's, uh, especially the, the West Coast, I think it's been a very slow understanding of how to how to move forward. It's really been a lot of fear, um, and a number of levels and lack of leadership. Yeah, fear, lack of leadership, confusing, you know, inconsistent, non really cohesive, thoughtful plan. All those factors sure. just uh, make it in a mess, and then you know, then you add to that the complexity because we're such a big state with such a big economy. It's just it's just yeah. challenging. Yeah. I think I think that going back to, you know, I think over a hundred, like if you look back to 2009, where you know there was 76 uh, counties that filed for bankruptcy out of the 360 in the U.S. And, I, and my prediction that you're going to see over a hundred this time. I think the the majority of that will happen west of Texas. Yeah. The only thing that could sort of affect that number, which time will tell, is whether having a Democrat as a president, and also now that he has sort of control of both both houses if you use Cam vice president Kamala harris says vote is the tiebreaker whether that'll get some aid and do some things that might save some of those municipalities from 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 bankruptcy Can won't save them all there'll definitely well, be a much more increase i agree with you there it's just whether it's just the extent of everything and and whether there's going to be other help for the economy maybe I mean, you had a Democratic president in 2009. I don't think that was even on Obama's radar. So, 
true, true. But it, but I think, but I think Joe's focus is obviously first his vaccine and pandemic, and then he's got to figure out how to. Because yeah. I don't think he wants to leave a legacy of, of a failed economy too. Because no, he didn't. I mean, he doesn't need to because in general, the, the economy, while it's been hurt and it's been visibly hurt with the number of ground floor businesses, street level businesses that have gone out of business. The other economy, which is, you know, obviously magnitudes larger, has actually continued to perform and in some ways has gotten more efficient. So, you know, from that standpoint, the, you know, as much as we say the economy is in terrible shape, it is in some ways. But in a lot of ways, I mean, you know, as we, we look around, it's, it's probably not as bad as we think it is. True. Especially on the deal front, at least on the deal front, as we mentioned before. Things, you know, at the end of last year for us certainly picked up and, you know, we're, we're sort of on the home stretch of closing a couple of deals this month. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, to you know, a, a couple of new deals on the horizon and just kind of hopefully this, this trend will continue and, the, and that this vaccine, vaccination will just help um, continue that trend. Well, I think, I think on the deal front, what we're seeing, because, you know, all of our deals, not only have we obviously secured financing, but we also... Where I think in, in two of the three we were oversubscribed on on interest and then up to even on equity, and I think what you're seeing is that there's like a real rush to get into assets of almost any kind, and we've been talking about that. But there's also now it, it's almost like this new idea that like whereas like in oh, 2009 and 10 where cash was like a real kingmaker, like you had you know, real fortunes created out of those that had cash or access to it because lending was completely stopped. In this recession, that is actually not been the case. Cash has not become the kingmaker. It's it's really, cash has almost taken a backseat. And then if you have cash, you're either like just extremely conservative or you're ready to lose money on the cash because the dollar continues to decline. True. There's just a lot of pent up or you're yeah, just patient. patient. Or yeah, it's yeah. like super yeah. patient. You're well, there's definitely a lot of capital. And you see you something. But, but yeah, but I think what's happening with the pent up capital, and you're starting to see this now more and more, is the pent up capital is starting to say, I can't continue to be pent up over here. I've got to put this money to work because I'm losing now in returns. And so, unless I'm going to have that, you know, that watershed moment where the market loses a bunch or, or, you know, whatever I'm invested in, wherever I'm putting my cash in, you know, um, goes up, like I said, I'm investing in gold. Even that, like you, you're waiting for these water, or you're just saying, I'm just missing out. Oh, I definitely think that's true. I definitely see a lot I mean, more interest, a lot more people you know, wanting to be in deals now too. Oh, I think that'll continue. I mean, if you look at it, like, look at like our equity raises, like, you know, we... I don't think we were, you know, we knew, obviously we had a timetable on when to raise it and how it was going to be. I didn't think we'd get the response that we ended up getting, but I wasn't either. I was, but I also, I can't really say I was super surprised by it either because it just shows you how the overall, if you're inactive, you're almost, it's not like you're being patient. It's almost like you better have like this much better strategy. Like you just better know something that everyone else doesn't know. Because now you're really actually, you know, you're really missing out on some level. You're really, you're actually really playing with some level of, of not disaster, but like by being inactive or being sidelined, 
especially now in the new year with mostly like a lot of overall positive metrics, then you've got to like, you've got to really have a big bear case on why you're not doing anything. That's true. You need to be, you need to have your strategy. You need to be nimble. You need to be focused. Agree. All those things. You can't just sit on the sidelines. You can't. I mean, unless you have some grand strategy that you just are waiting to unveil to the world that, because you're just missing out on returns now. And I don't know when, like, you're going to get those opportunities back. Because it doesn't look like the lending is, is, is slowing down in our world. It doesn't look like it. I mean, it's definitely slowed in certain places. But now it's at the point where it, it can't really slow much more. It's got to actually turn the other way. True. It's, it's, an, it's really interesting how we start yeah. out the year. Um, all right. Well, let's get to a numbers round. So, David, what's um, your number? My number is 10%. And it's a number that comes from um, a Red Cafe report, uh, which studied uh, looking at uh, people's uh, movements, uh, people in the apartment world. And this year, there were 10% fewer renters that applied for a new apartment uh, versus prior years where there's always been at least single digit, uh, mid single digit increases in that number uh, for the last few years. And basically, it's a reflection of how you know, apartment applications for new communities. People just didn't apply. People just kind of stayed in their existing apartments and renewed. And there was not a lot of uh, migration into, into brand new buildings. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I mean, I think we, we saw a lot of that in our own buildings um, where, especially early on, you know, like the, the second quarter of the year, even in going into third, where people were just afraid to like really move. and. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what we could have offered. Um, I mean, I think we just even get a chance because those tenants that were like coming to the end of their lease that weren't living on our assets, yeah. they really weren't even looking, right? And then there was, there was tenants even in our own assets that, you know, maybe would have been good candidates to probably go out and look for what else was in that same neighborhood or some market, but they just were like, I'm staying put. And so I think that that stat really makes a lot of sense that, you know, it's just completely off. People just didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, moving I think it goes much. back to that fear that you talked about with the virus and, and the unknown and people just saying, you know, I, I don't need to be at a new location unless I'm relocating for a new job. I think people were just saying, I'm going to stay put in shelter and in place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Well, I, I have a funny number, and it's it's really anecdotal. Is is my number is sixty eight, and sixty eight. I think if I go back and I like trace from when I was exposed to COVID, the number of other people that like through my exposure, and then not knowing I had it, and you know my wife not knowing, or somebody not knowing, and then you know going to other people, and how like eventually. I think eventually sort of 68 is kind of the number of people that were overall exposed and that more or less have either had to be tested or getting tested since, since last week's occurrence. So it's, it's, a, you know, it's a kind of a <laughs> rudimentary number, but it, yeah, it's, it's a lot. I mean, for, you know, we were, you know, definitely, um, you know, while we were going outside and doing normal stuff, we, we weren't going to anything really public and it was really just our own, cohort is just our group of you know kind of two families that have been kind of meeting more or less for the last you know six seven months of this so um but then the you know the, the sort of cumulative effect between schools and just random people you meet or you run into or stores and and so just all that effect is like 
it's insane like how many people ended up are going to end up having to be tested or even show a negative yeah it just goes to show again like you said the overall the ripples that something comes yeah the ripples man well it's gonna be a year full of ripples and uh but i'm glad we we got to at least get this one off and um you know i'm uh i'm on my way to a speedy recovery and hopefully a negative test soon and looking forward to hopefully i i think we'd both like to see a a very non-newsworthy presidential week when uh Mr. Trumpy leaves and Mr. Biden steps in, but I, I'm going to say that the chances are very low of that. Happening. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I'm glad to see that you're recovering well, and I hope things continue to go well for you. As as someone I saw wrote, which I thought was very good on a on a New Year's card, you know, goodbye 2020. Let's not do that again, and welcome, welcome 2021. <laughs> and uh, yeah, welcome. Let's not do that again for sure. Yes, sir. Uh, well, th- thank you, everyone. Please do uh, continue. And I think we missed the questions this week, but we'll definitely be back on next week when I'm hopefully COVID free and back in a functioning office with my uh, com- my uh, co-team members there. And um, But do see, keep sending us anything you got at pod at goodlifehp.com. And we look forward to picking this up again. Be next safe, week. everyone. Happy New Year. Thank you all. Welcome, everybody, to the Good Life Housing Partners, Episode 22, broadcasting here out of Good Life HQ in downtown Los Angeles, where thing where it's slowly and steadily getting deboarded. Uh, open uh, outdoor dining is coming back tomorrow. We'll see who actually has the courage to open, and uh, we may even go and have a bite or two outside with uh, maybe even sit with a waitress or waiter. Um, so things are looking up, but I, I think we look at the year so far, 2021 here, and I'd say though we're only 28 days in, it's been quite the roller coaster as, you know, the first week of the year, you had, a, you had people storming the Capitol and insurrection. And, you know, the, the week after that, it was, it was a lot of talk about COVID and how high death counts and case counts had gotten then you had the inauguration and all the sort of threats around that and then this week is is GameStop week I mean uh, something that we've never seen before where you know millions of users are, are really taking on the the uh, the giants of the hedge fund world and and uh, seemingly winning for the most part um, how it ends I, I imagine it's not going to end well for probably most people involved but um, and it's probably too complicated of a topic for us simple real estate people but but it's 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 really been a roller coaster start to 2021 it's just been so many things at once that are happening so so david fong um give me some thoughts man there's a there's a lot going on out there right now yeah no i agree with you it's uh definitely i'm i'm taking back what i said on a prior broadcast where i thought 2021 was going to be the year of the vaccine 2020 was obviously the year of covid and so I think this is the year of the roller coaster. Yeah. Um, as you said, you know, it's amazing in 28 days, um, all the different things that, that, has, that has happened. You know, we ended 2020 um, with, with some positive news and, and GDP and the economy and everything. And then, you know, we, we had a you know, happy new year to everyone, too, by the way. And, and then we, you know, had, had the, the, the capital insurrection. And, and now Trump's actually been impeached twice. And it's starting to look now like it's, it's not going to go anywhere. And, you know, the... Democrats sort of have a majority now in the Senate, and so just a lot, a lot of things happening. And then, as you mentioned, GameStop 
day or, or, or actually AMC Weekly theater or two. Or you know, that's 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 something that you know, it's one of the, one of those things where you who would have thought small investors could pull together through Reddit and and challenge the titans of the institutions and trading and, and, and uh, cause this disruption. And so certainly not something, you know, you know, I, I mean I had to do a double take when I saw how much did the Dow go up today? You know, just just a few weeks after last week, where you know things were looking kind of dire, we're in lockdown mode again, and there's talks about you know all this vaccine distribution is being botched and, and slow Too and slow. Next, and, next thing yeah. you know, I see a New York Times article today about how like looks like things have died down like 35 percent, and there might be earlier herd immunity than we think, and so it's it's just a huge roller coaster. It's just, and so every day is like a new like bunch of headlines that generally the headlines don't really affect anything you're doing or, or shouldn't really affect your thinking, but like just in the matter of, you know, less than 30 days, we've had like real, like uh, unbelievable events. Like, you know, the capital hasn't been taken since like 200 years. You know, we've never seen it, Wall Street hedge funds go down. We've never been, you know, around an inauguration. I mean, the Trump inauguration was, I'd say it was pretty quiet. Yeah. And I mean, probably more like pretty basic on most yeah, levels. pretty normal. Pretty normal. And I can't even remember outside of him who even spoke at that or who said anything. And then this inauguration, you have this, you know, Amanda Gorman, this now extremely famous young lady who's, become, who's a poet who has like three books on Amazon yeah. that are sold out yeah, that yeah. haven't even been like, they're not even going to ship yet. She's already <laughs> be performing and speaking it's at Super the Bowl. Super Bowl. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's been really a year that like so much has happened. And, and as we unpack it, you know, even for our own like headlines, you know, as a fairly like, you know, small, nimble firm, you know, we're going to close three deals next week, which is three more than we closed last year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and just to, like, have that much ac- a flurry of activity, you know, it just shows you how, how ready people are to, to do stuff. And, and on some level, how crazy people are between an insurrection and, and yeah. like, you know, taking down, like, Citadel and, like, some of the largest hedge funds in, in, the, in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, or trying to take them down, well, I guess. Well, I'm looking forward to the roller coaster, or at least to, to, to the action, because I think it probably reflects a lot of people who've been kind of sitting on the sidelines and waiting. I think, you know, latest estimates, uh, you know, they're like $200 billion, they say, sitting on the sidelines waiting to invest in, 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 in real estate. And people also think the stressed assets, you know, they were supposed to hit in 2020 hasn't really hit. And now the prediction is, you know, it's mid-2021 to the extent that there are distressed assets will start to move, you know. But but what's so crazy and, and reflects the roller coaster nature of everything is that, you know, the estimates are now, you know, get this range. It's $92 billion to $370 billion of distressed assets. And, you know, that's a pretty big range. Um, but at the same time, I, I think, you know, this this Reddit, you know, GameStop stuff. It's also a reflection of how, you know, the, uh, there's a prediction that consumer spending is really going to jump the second half of twenty of twenty twenty one when, you know, more and more people get vaccinated and things start to, you know, get normalized. And I think just people with all their personal savings that they've been doing this year, um, you know, and you might have a Cures Act too. All these factors jumbled together. You know, it, it, you know, I used to not think it would be a V-shaped recovery, but there is going to be some kind of spike in activity. I, just even just inquiries on deals and just seeing what's happened in the market, I just feel like there's definitely a lot more stuff going to happen and anticipation. And, and you know, it's exciting, especially from, you know, sitting in quarantine at, at home for the last few months. This is exciting to, to get back to really getting deals done. 
I think you're, you're seeing that, David, for sure, that you're, you're, there's a lot of pent-up capital on the investment side. And I think you're also seeing it this week really come to form on – I, I think we should avoid the GameStop topic, but it's almost unavoidable because you're seeing that that savings that was like at historical highs, not only in the U.S., but maybe in the world, come to fruition as people started investing into the market. And the market started taking off. I mean, the market's at all-time highs. Like, yeah. you know, every market's at all-time highs. Stocks are at all-time highs. And then this week, as profits have been starting to, you know, as earning reports for the, you know, have been starting to come out, Microsoft's hit all-time highs. Yeah, Apple's at all-time Apple's at all-time highs. <laughs> I mean, so these are not like, like, unlike, I remember, you know, tw- the two, 2000 era bubble, where those were companies that had no profits. Mm-hmm. They barely had revenue, yeah. let alone profits. And, and those were like really paper companies, like they were false. Like these are real companies that have real profits. The only thing is that's different here is that you're seeing the investments not really happening, or at least moving these real companies. It's moving these kind of like quasi companies that are now consumer names, like GameStop and yeah. Nokia and BlackBerry, and you know. So those are that's kind of the weird thing in this market. Um, how it ends probably not well, but but I think the other side of it is as we start to look on a broader range is, is you'll see like the, the fear has been for a while that the that as inflation takes takes its you know rears its head and starts to really affect the economy, it'll affect in areas like, oh suddenly I won't be able to afford a loaf of bread or I won't be able to buy my organic Oreos or I won't be able to buy whatever the hell you're trying to buy. And the reality of it is is that's not probably how the inflation is gonna work this time. And I don't even know if it like the next time it may work that way. Because the, there's so much money flooded into the economy, and the, and this is my theory, but they, that there's these consumer goods companies and retailers have gotten so smart about pricing, and even in our own, like in our apartment pricing, like people are, we are so smart about apartment pricing now. Like, like I, I mean, I'm not. This is not me. Like, this is not me and you. Like, with our portfolios, but just every portfolio just tracks every other portfolio, and we know exactly where we need to price. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's and if you're a professional apartment owner, you know where to price this thing, yeah. right? You yeah. have all the tools yeah. and you know the data set. So you you rarely are going to get beat on price. Where you're going to get beat usually is you mess something else up. Yeah. I mean that's what we see mostly. Yeah. So we, so if you go to like the retailers, like they they're like if you look at it like that Taco Bell dollar menu has been there for twenty years. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's probably changed is the quality of the product probably has gone down a little bit and the size of the product has gone down. But the price of it. Because they know the consumer is so focused on that dollar menu that it hasn't really changed. And likewise, when you go to the store and you buy your whatever, your organic Oreos, whatever you're buying, that product is probably about the same and that pricing is probably about the same. The only thing that's slightly changed is maybe the size of it or the packaging. And yeah, so, I, I, and I think companies, as you mentioned, they're, companies are more fluid. They're more smart about it. They're super it's, it's smart. automated. It's it's very efficient. And you know, you talk about our apartment pricing, and you know, we're we're monitoring. That's what we do. Yeah. And so, and we're 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 we try to be. We strive to be fluid. And I think you know, it's it's you know, every, everyone who's a professional tries tries to do that, and that's how they run their business. And that, that's how you have to run it to succeed it today. And so. It's so yeah. I'm not you know interest. The thing that's really interesting to see is where interest rates go to because at the same time you know I, I see interest rates staying low for for a while, but but at some point they're at some rise. point yeah, and that, that's why I think you'll see like real changes in like our world in terms of real estate or in terms of the home buyer and 
and, and even the market will shift if interest rates suddenly were to even tick up a little bit. Because mm-hmm. I think it's so sensitive that that's a bigger uh, policy that the Fed's going to start in yeah. on. And I think, that's, I think that will probably be one of the real easy-to-see effects, catalyst yeah. moments. Although I, don't, I think that's still at least a year out or more. I think so, too. I just don't think they, the economy is strong enough or yeah. people are strong enough for it. But I do think what's going to happen where you will see consumer inflation, going back to that, is not on these consumer goods. So, like, you won't go to a store and be like, I can't afford my soy milk or whatever. Where you will go is you will go and you will say, oh, I'm going to, uh, you know, Miami. And that Miami hotel room that was, you know, in regular years, $100 or $200 might suddenly be three, $400. Because you had the effects of people not having traveled, suddenly having the vaccine, suddenly feeling a lot more comfortable with traveling. And that hotel room, because there's only 100 of them or 200 of them, and there's only 1,000 on that wherever they're staying, is like it's a pretty, you know, it's a limited commodity, and it's expiring. Yeah. The demand, right? And the demand, and the demand suddenly got crazy. And I, I could totally see that. Like I see things like, you know, uh, ECD or these big events start to really like take off as people get more comfortable that they have a vaccine in them. So I think that's also something that ha- there is a tethering. There's a tethering yeah. effect with that vaccine. Yeah. Well, what's interesting, I mean, you talk about hotels too. Finally, ho- actually, even at the end of the fourth quarter, there started to be some hotel deals. And you would yeah. think hotels, of all things, you know, given given what the pandemic has done, um, would be sort of like a, a, a dead asset class for a, for a while. And and to actually see some movement there, that, that that's that's positive. I think or at least it shows reflects people are somewhat optimistic about what's going to happen with hotels be it a combination of just leisure travel. You know, there's definitely pent-up demand for leisure travel because no one's traveled, really. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, then, then the other big question is what happens with business travel, which is a huge generator of revenue for, for, for the travel and leisure industry. And I, I think that will come back because I, I do think, you know, you know next year, back, uh, yeah. you know, one interesting would be is May. May is the big ICSC conference, and, and, you know, I think CES is around before that. It'll be interesting to see the if CES they now. It was using now. Oh, the yeah, they, it was all online, and they were charging. I don't know something very yeah. mo- or free, free or online or something. Very, but very see, but low. Even, but even the fo- Super Bowl in two weeks. Yeah, next year, know, two weeks. It's that I, I, I mean, there there are people attending. They're gonna it's be not, people. It's, yeah, people. Yeah, it's Florida. Go. No, no, but there's also I think they said something. They're letting in people who are vaccinated. There's like twenty five thousand people to allow it. They're all vaccinated healthcare workers. They're yeah, gonna something attend. like that. I don't know what they're gonna do, but they're yeah. You're gonna have fans at the Super Bowl, so, but not as many. But you're gonna have yeah. fans. So it'll be interesting. So when you get to May, I, I wonder if, if, if some yeah. That's at least in, in yeah. the retail world. That's where the big co- conferences. I wonder if that's gonna actually some of those I, will take place. Will take place. Yeah, definitely, we'll definitely by the fall. I I, I anticipate. You know, yeah. events will start coming back. So the big apartment, and and I think then by next year the year. NMHC will probably be back. Well, they're saying NMHC is supposed to be in June in San Diego. Oh, in June this yeah. this year. Oh, so yeah, so I, I could see that definitely happening. June, I could see it happening. Yeah, maybe not as many attendees as normal, but I could see it happening yeah. for sure. Because as, and then as more and more of these events happen, that'll just you know validate to people again. It's about the fear factor that there's yeah. no more fear. Like, hey, we can do this, and then I think people will be out there again. I think it's. I think there's there's a. a a fear factor, and there's also, I think it's sort of going to be like, like, it's going to take some thawing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, after you get the vaccine, it's not just, like, snap. Like, even I had it, like, while I was in really 
the same level of precautious as everyone at most, I I still even now don't fully I'm not like super like comfortable. I don't know what I'm uncomfortable doing, but I'm not fully like I'll just do anything. Yeah. Well, it's definitely. Th- and so I think there's a thawing factor. Th- there's definitely happen. a thawing factor, and I think you know what I heard, you know Fauci and other people talking about. Is there's definitely you know social distancing, washing your hands, and yeah. wearing this mask is not like tomorrow turn on a light switch, it's yeah. over. Mask off, let's mass go. Off, mass, <laughs> off, mass off, you know, <laughs> mass off, pencils down. We're, yeah. we're 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 going out partying and yeah. drinking, but I do think uh, you know. Plus, there's also you know there's different variants they're worried about now. There's the UK variant, the yeah. South Africa variant, which they they think hasn't come to the US yet, and so I think there will be something there that will still require some level of masking and doing things oh, yeah. here and there. Do, definitely, life will be changed a little bit, but we definitely won't be in lockdown anymore. Yeah, and, and so so life will be a lot more normal. I think the other thing you'll see is like if you look at this thawing effect will really affect as as you go to old, you know as you start from younger to older populations that thawing effect will be very minimal as people are younger and it'll get much more extreme as people get older so like you know where you could see like 90 95% of people that are like sub 30 just going back to normal life yeah. that might be only 80% of 30 year olds and 70% of 40 year olds and 50 of you know and on and on until you're like where on the you know as you get to that top end of the spectrum where you're really more at risk, it might take a while. Yeah. Like I don't know when the next senior cruise is happening, but I would imagine yeah. I would bet on that one happening yeah. for a while. Yeah. It, you know you might get like that cruise with a hundred seniors that are like super into it, and but you might have a lot of empties because like a lot of people are like, I got it, I got my vaccine, I'm good, but I'm still nervous. Yeah. Yeah. For and a while. I, and I I ever think that's that's completely true. I mean even. Uh, I, a friend of mine who, who just went to manage a property in Santa Barbara. Yeah. And he sent me some photos of, of, a, of an event they had, and, and the, you know, it was a pool party, you know, Santa Barbara weather, and I saw, you know, all these college kids, no masks, you know, no, you know, right now. And so I was like, oh, yeah. I guess everyone's over it. And, and I can definitely see as, as time progresses even more that they're definitely, the, you know, at the younger age, they'll be less uh, less concerned about it. Oh, I bet. I bet. Well, let's, uh, this has been a we could go on for a while here because there's so much to unpack on this roller coaster start to 2021. But why don't we do some numbers of the week, David? I know you have a good one, so we'll start with you. Uh, minus four percent, which is uh, represents um, GDP growth in the fourth quarter of 2020. So 2020 ended up at the you know throughout this you know we had pretty much nine months of of COVID. At the end of the year for 2020, GDP overall was down three and a half percent, but but it grew four percent in the fourth quarter and it grew in the third quarter also. Um, the predictions now are that it's going to be some growth again in this first quarter in 2021 and then just rapidly accelerate in the second quarter. And they think at the end of the year now, CBRE is predicts you know GDP growth will be 4.9% uh, plus in the plus column as opposed to the minus that we had for 2020. And I think uh, I think they're probably going to be accurate, if not sort of under 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 the number too, because I, at least at this point, but you know with this roller coaster, I could see a big sort of slingshot up um, in the second second half of this year, so I'm excited. Yeah, that's a good number. You're, I think you are going to see that slingshot effect, and, and then you're going to see some of it, especially especially in certain sectors and in certain states. I could really see it. I think you're seeing it already. Yeah. Like I think I, I heard a great stat. Like Miami GDP is up. Miami GDP is at ten percent. Like it's mm-hmm. at like China levels right now, oh, and that's wow. really probably because you just have this confluence of it's open. It's warm. People can work remotely. Um, it's a beautiful place, uh, and it's 
a lot easier to be in Miami right now than most is a lot of the West, other West coastal cities. Yeah. I mean, similarly, I've heard like Man- cities like Manhattan, San Francisco, which have been hurt tremendously, especially in the multifamily market this past year, they expect it to recover by the end of 2021. And I, I definitely could see that happening as more, you know, the big companies in Manhattan open up for, for business again, more people return to the city. So I do see that happening. Um, so my number this week is uh, Fidelity, which is the, the largest 401k provider in the country, noted that approximately there's there were 1% of 401k participants that took a a hardship distribution in 2020. So that's basically you get charged a penalty if you take out money out of your 401k, and so generally it's really like frowned upon or like you should not do it if you and you only do it at all costs. And I was like, well, that seems like a pretty okay number until I realized that in on average years this is typically two percent. So I would have guessed went the opposite way. Yeah, I would have guessed it would have been like double mm-hmm. on this you know recessionary shrinking GDP year of 2020, that would have been more like 4%. And actually, it's only half. And so that really speaks to maybe what we'll talk about more in the next episode is how you're seeing so much money that has been saved, whether it be at the most you know, consumer level all the way up to institutionals. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just seeing money that's been saved across the board. It really has been a, a saving recession. It's, I guess, people people not going out to eat, people not just, just Or not being money. able to. Yeah, like not being just, able to spend money. You know, if you, you know, in some ways, like, if, you, if you're if you getting takeout or delivery, you just end up spending less money, I think, a lot. Yeah. But like, I mean, unless you're going to, like, really fancy places, you end up having, you know, your your drinks at home or your whatever at home, and your, your bills are just lighter. Wow, that's amazing. I would think it's the opposite. I would totally have thought it was the opposite way. All right, folks. This was a, a second episode of the year. Uh, it's been a it's been a hell of a start, and we look forward to many more uh, newsworthy events as we continue going forward. Bree Winkler, executive producer extraordinaire, thank you very much for putting this together. And please do reach out, uh, rate us, or give us any messages on GoodLifePod dot or Pod at GoodLifeHP or hit our LinkedIn or Facebook anytime. We'd love to answer any questions. We're going to keep it shorter this week. Thank you again, everyone. Be safe, everyone. Thank you.